Welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast, the podcast that's discussing issues and hot topics influencing the pagan world from a millennial perspective. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf and Jara Stone. And in studio today, we have Miss Izzy. Hello. Hello. So, of course, we're gonna we're gonna be getting to uh, to Miss Izzy here uh, shortly. But how was your your couple of weeks? Well, this is the second day of my first three day weekend in like forever. So I, I woke up this morning when my alarm went off by accident because I haven't fixed my alarm. <laughs> um, I have new days off too, so that means the whole world's thrown off for a loop. And I was like, I have. A whole nother day. If I sleep this whole day away, it's magical. Nice. So I'm pretty happy. How about you? You went to con. I am exhausted. Uh-huh. I am in so much pain. Right. But I had so much fun. How are your feet? Um, As individual feet. My, my feet are actually doing a lot better today than they were yesterday. I, I almost could not walk yesterday. I believe it. Yeah. And all to, to all my Atlanta friends, I hope MomoCon was amazing. <laughs> I remember it fondly. So, Izzy, what did, have you been? What's going on with your world? Pretty good. Uh, pretty much just surviving. Recently moved into a new apartment, yes. so getting settled. Cat's being a brat, but, you know, cat, well, what can you do? But, uh, yeah. Squirt bottle. <laughs> Lots of catnip, like bribing yes. it. It's like, please, please. Weirdly enough, he has decided now he doesn't like his wet food and only dry kibble. And I don't know a cat that's like, I will lick the gravy off and now I don't want to eat this anymore. I've known a couple of cats to do that. I've never had one. So this is a weird experience for me. Of like, does this mean I can stop buying your wet food? Because that shit's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've gotten <laughs> bored of a particular brand of microwave meals when I was... <laughs> lazy and couldn't cook so i had to switch meals so maybe it's the same like him he's found a similar aftertaste mm. in it maybe uh it's been a variety pack so it's like we cy- i cycle through and like try and like mm-hmm. play it up as much as you can but with only f- three flavors like there's right. only so many combinations for like mm-hmm. how can i do a cup game with this how, how <laughs> can <you> happy <laughs> how can i keep your food interesting and alive so you're not eating the same thing every day exactly yeah. oh well yeah yeah, that's pretty much the only thing that's new. Well, congratulations yeah. for your new beginnings. Thank you. So, um, well, we asked Miss Izzy to come on because we um, wanted to talk about a very particular topic. And you've been pretty much just diving in into this topic, specifically with the Grove of the Rising Phoenix. So um, we want to talk about reconstructing Celtic and native uh, northern religions mm-hmm. and how a reconstructed branch of neo-paganism <laughs> operates. So if you would like to go ahead and tell us your witch your coming of witch story and then we'll dive into that topic. All right. So because I am a historian, I feel like first I have to say to my credentials. So <laughs> I am a first and second generation American depending on which branch of the family you ask. Mm-hmm. I'm my mother said I'm Cherokee Choctaw, I'm German, and I am Korean. Mm-hmm. On my father said I am Sicilian and I am Irish. So for me, being drawn to Asatru and Judaism is a very ancestor-based mm-hmm. pull. 
Um, I'm mainly a druid. I'm currently a probationary member of the Grove of the Rising Phoenix. I am completing my year this upcoming Samhain. Yay! I know, very exciting. Um, my individual practice, though, even though my goddesses are mainly Irish and my gods are mainly uh, Germanic, I have a lot of influences from voodoo, ironically, because I spent a good part of my very early childhood in Alabama, and that's mm -hmm. actually where I was introduced to paganism. Yeah. Um, also influencing my background, I am the daughter of two Air Force officers, one of whom was a deacon in the Catholic Church. So, <laughs> yeah, I very early on, because especially being Irish Catholics, mm -hmm. like, Grappling with that particular brand of Christianity and its pagan influences. Um, the fact that our family is very connected to St. Bridget. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, her pagan ties. It's like she's always been there. Um, even now, my very, very first influence, I guess, not influence, uh, incident with mm -hmm. the pagan world was seeing a manifestation of Mama Brigitte, mm -hmm. the voodoo. Incan yes. incarnation of breed as a very small child that that, that was that was fascinating because she was my invisible friend <laughs> yeah um, so, so it would draw you in pretty pretty early pretty quick yeah yeah um and then i it was actually right around the time of my confirmation in the church when i had approached father dick may he rest in peace that it's like I I don't feel I belong. I like I pray to the cross and I feel like it's empty. No one's like someone's there to hear, but they're not listening to me. Mm -hmm. What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? I feel like I don't belong. And this sweet sweet Irish priest who this was at the Air Force Academy. He was the chaplain for the cadets and the civilians there. Mm -hmm. It's like sweetheart, did you ever think that you might be a heathen? It's like. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I respected my parents enough to not explore paganism like in depth until I went to college. But once I got to college, I was like, I'm out. Gloves are off. Yeah, pretty much. I uh, joined the Pagan Student Alliance and it's been nonstop non since then. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I just want to point out because I've had a couple of people approach me because mm -hmm. mine was very similar. I pretty much just waited until I was out of my parents' house and after mm -hmm. college. That Just because that's our experiences, mm -hmm. that's not what we're telling you you should do. I know. It's, there were many other things going on with my childhood. Um, part of me... Part of it was being respectful to my parents, but it was also mm -hmm. showing them respect that I knew they wouldn't show me. And there was an element of, I did fear for my safety mm -hmm. from them because there were other abuses going on in the household. And right. then once okay. I was out of their power, I knew that I would be safer, even though they still had the power to hurt me. And so it was a, right. do what you have to. I'm sure there are many other communities right. who understand that mindset. Oh, yeah. Yep. Plenty of listeners yeah. agree and could totally follow that. And I'm, I'm sorry to yeah. actually hear that. I didn't know about that. Uh, so thank you for sharing no, with you're us. Welcome. Um, no, I won a... I'm very proud of the fact that one of the last times I was in contact with my biological parents, I won a restraining order against both of them. And if you can go up in Colorado against two former Air Force officers and be able to prove enough... That's, you know, something shitty is going on here and mm -hmm. I need help. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Anybody hey. knows that town. Super victory. Yeah. And then I, I hightailed it out of there. Fantastic. <laughs> a piece of paper is only a piece of paper. It's like, um, Right, of course. Especially since it's, like, it's only a legal document. Like, that's yeah. not 
Yeah, so. Oh, well. Anyway, yeah. continuing on. Thank you for. Yeah, yeah no, a little, little sidetrack. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I am part of the Grove of the Rising Phoenix, and we are a reconstructionist group. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if anybody on the from the Grove has been on, but a little backstory on the Grove. Uh, except for um, Badger Bard. Badger Bard. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Badger may not know this, but we did start, um, our official start date was November the 13th in 2003. Ah. Um. We are roughly 15 strong-ish. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get a head count because we have active members who don't live in the valley. Okay. But they are still part of us. Right. Yeah. Um, and and then you have open ritual, which makes it even more confusing. I know. And then, and then there's uh, four of us probationary members. And it's like, well, sometimes we count and sometimes we're not counted in that head count. It's fun. But, yeah. That uh, is exciting. I know. <laughs> um, uh, we primarily focus on the pagan hearth cultures and part of being a reconstructionist is, in my own, how I view it is, we have the responsibility to see um, the reality of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the honor of carrying on the traditions of the past, but we have the luxury of cherry picking what is still relevant today and discarding what is no longer applicable. So, for example, um, there are, well, let's 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 start with the Asatru, some icky elements of like Germanic traditions. Um, I have an IUD. I don't need to expose my unwanted children out in the wilderness to get rid of them. I can just prevent unwanted pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. We also don't uh, <laughs> yeah. commit human sacrifices or blood sacrifices exactly. in that yeah. way. No more hiding people in the bogs. Um, we don't do animal sacrifices unless, you know, you count the uh, offerings that are on the potluck table. I know Michelle has that joke about, does the bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken on the potluck table count? I've never actually seen anybody bring fried chicken, though, so I'm very disappointed. <laughs> like, we need to get on this. It's been brought up. I want it now. I know. <laughs> it's like, who keeps talking about fried chicken? Someone make it. Ne- ne- next open ritual, I'll see if uh, see if I can bring some. Just Ooh, one yes. bucket. Yes. <laughs> just, just, just one bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and it needs to have my name on it, so we, we know that like, <laughs> I need to go there. Izzy's bucket. <laughs> no touchy. <laughs> exactly. Um you throw off the ritual's groove. Yes. Pull <laughs> yeah. oh, the leader crunk. <laughs> so um, I have yeah. a I have a sidetrack. I have a friend who went to Momocon, which is a, a Atlanta based um, anime con. Mm-hmm. He went as Kronk for one day. <gasps> nice. He had nice. a Kronk cosplay. So anyway, continuing on really? with your coming of witch story, right. not mine. Oh, <laughs> um, so I've been going since I was uh, eighteen and. I'm not 18 anymore, so... Got gotcha. you. <laughs> okay, so we started out kind of in college. We jumped on the bandwagon of a, a college group, which there are yeah. plenty to find on college campuses. Yeah, this was in Fort Collins, Colorado. And at the time, it was interesting. It's, I wasn't actually a druid then. Mm-hmm. I was just exploring, and it was a sentiment that I heard over and over again from them of like, don't go for the Druids and don't go for the Asatru because they're scary and they're evil. And I was like, wait, wait, in this group, we literally have an Aztec pagan and I have seen this dude bite a head off a chicken and do some other things that I can't say because they would bring me as a witness in a court of law. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's not scary, but the Druids and the Asatru are, question mark? Give me an example of why. <laughs> I know. It's like, or um, I'm going to go myself. I know. It's like, um, not not to be a bitch, but cite your source. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I want citations <laughs> in, uh, in MLA format, please. So, Chicago, if you must. So then you went in MLA citated for yourself. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, there was a lot of exploration. Um, I still weirdly have like have a weird tie still to Athena and Anubis that I don't know what to do with. Um from that time period but i pretty much explored so many traditions and it's like i'm still running into the same problem i had with christianity i don't quite belong here what's going on and finally i read an article by admittedly a douche nozzle that gives heathenism a bad name i'm the, the same not, type yeah you're not gonna perpetuate yeah, him the, the same kind of douche nozzles that are causing issues in sweden i'm sure we've all seen the movies and drama yes. um and one of his things was, you know, you need to go to the ancestors of or the gods of your ancestors. That was his big argument. It's like, that's the only place you will belong because it's in your blood. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, well, you're a jerk. And I don't like a lot of this. And part of like how I like to do my research is I like being exposed to people I don't agree with. So I don't end up in an echo chamber. So I was reading him partly to destroy his argument. I'm like, well, that actually resonates. And I was thinking of like, well, like, why didn't. You know, Breed come to me as a voodoo goddess and not like as the Irish goddess that my family is connected to. And it's like, well, probably because you were in the deep south. That was that's her where incantations she is territory. There. So it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know what? I'm just by the time I was, I had the opportunity and that lesson was in my mind and I had the guts to do it. I was already out here in Arizona and suddenly I had the opportunity in the groups that were. Like your mm-hmm. book talk group that was welcoming and supporting, and and then Mark and Michelle in the Grove. This was like I was able to like jump in and go, I can, yes, I can now commit to this path in these two pantheons that resonate with me, and it's like, mm-hmm. and it's home, Yay. and they're not evil and bad, and now I can, <laughs> now I can go on tangents saying it's like, no, we're not Nazis. No, we don't kill your babies. No, we don't practice slavery. And no, we're not homophobic or transphobic. And no, let me prove to you how we're not assholes. We're not them. It's like yeah. our people may have been assholes in the past, but that's because they lived in a much more brutal world and they wanted to survive. They, they need to survive long enough to fuck each other's brains out and produce us. So we thank them for it, but we can be better than them because we have the luxury of living in a softer world. Yes. We're, we're allowed to be warriors in a different way. Yes, mm. yes. I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm actually reading a book called The Wiccan Warrior. So. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that title. Yeah, I finally got around to reading it, <laughs> which is me, by the way. I'm like, oh, I, sa- I read the back of this book, and it sounds great, and I'm going to buy it. Yeah, that was like, two years later, yeah, I'm yeah, reading it. <laughs> it was like two years ago where you finally mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? So um, my, then we started talking a little bit about the Grove structure, which mm-hmm. is what I did want to um, kind of segue into anyway so it is a reconstructive path with about 15 members yes so um what are they doing that special other than not being dick offs (laughs) um well there's a lot of what we do um so individually we do um a lot of personal growth in and research Mm -hmm. um for example we have our own um book discussion group mm-hmm. um, we try to meet once a week like for example the last three books we read were The World of the Druids by Miranda Green um, the Tenbo Kuli so the Cattle Raid of Kuli the major hub of the myth of Kulin the mm-hmm. hero of Ulster Kulin. Yes. 
I've, seen, I've already pronounced a bunch of different ways. Thank you. We we had an argument about it actually with our um Saint Saint Patrick's um episode, <laughs> oh. and then I went and listened to a podcast yes. that where he he did a lot of research on it. So yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Um, and then right now we are currently reading um Morgan uh, Daimler's. Uh, gods and goddesses of ireland Mm -hmm. because each member of the grove has a different knowledge base different experience base different interests so we read a variety of books we get together we discuss them for example with the temple Cooley, we all had by chance different translations so Mm -hmm. we were able to like compare different passages so like at one Mm. passage there was like this is really beautiful and poetic we have no idea what he's saying i'm like and in my translation, the Morrigan is literally telling the bull, like, dude, get the fuck out because they want your ass. <laughs> get the road. <laughs> and yeah, it's like like very bloodly. It's like, uh, go go do it. <laughs> yeah, get it. Get out. <laughs> so it's like that was that's fun. Um So that's one thing we do. Uh we try to do outings together for community bonding that also keeps traditions alive. For example, mm-hmm. uh Druid rock painting which used to mark the boundaries of your sacred spaces or your home marking that's like i am tied to the land and i'm tied to the space and like this is my boundary and don't you dare cross it um so that that was fun to like get together and recreate Mm -hmm. our little druid rocks and put them together and go like we're basically our own little in a way we're creating our little hinge our little monument to us and we're painting rocks and however way we want it's really fun. That's pretty awesome. That does sound awesome. Yeah. It's like we used to do this for this reason, but now we're going to do it because it's fun. Yeah. It's like it's an excuse to drink beer and eat chips and paint rocks. Yeah. What's the downside of this? None. I, I don't see any downside. Well, I mean, if, if you get too drunk, the rocks could become projectiles. Yeah. We've. Also, yeah. chips can be chips. greasy and yeah. calories. And, yeah. And it, yeah. Th- th- yeah. Just, just, okay. just, just one, one wrong slip with greasy fingers, and then you got a rock fight going. Yeah. yeah. That did, didn't happen, though. No, it didn't, didn't happen. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we also recently did axe throwing, you know, because battle skills that yeah. we need did once upon a time, and now we're just doing it for fun. And even if, in my case, I'm a horrible at it, it's like, I don't care. I'm throwing sharp things at a target. <laughs> Yay! I Yay! Want, I, want I, I have a need to do that. We, There's we should, like two places. Yeah. 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 No. We should do that as a podcast outing. And like have invite all our guests to do it. Oh, yes. we should have done that for our birthday. Oh, oh, cut all of this out. Talok yeah. is looking at me with like, the dirtiest face. Like, why didn't we do it? Uh-huh. No, no, no. <laughs> keep, keep this in because we want to see interest in this. If you guys want to get together so we can throw axes, let's get something going. All right. All right. I'll yeah. look into it. I'll see if we can get a group rate or something. The, yes. the, the, the nods. Yes. The nods and the thumbs ups. I can recommend places. Odd Michelle tip. also did research, so I'm sure we can pick her brain about where she found okay. coupons and such. Cool. Nice. Um, anyway. But like, so we, like we build, in a sense, build up our tribe, the community, mm-hmm. and work on traditions of the past and how can we do them today make them applicable so stuff like that um and keeping ourselves educated on the most current research if you're friends with uh, michelle or mark or really any of the members of the grove they were often posting wonderful articles that now i have a whole folder that's embarrassingly large <laughs> that's like i need to catch up on all these articles i need to read but i am a pharmacy tech and busy i'm sorry but, yes so yeah we're 
constantly trying to keep a finger on the pulse of the newest archaeological research, mm-hmm. historical research, all that. Um, we also do a lot of outreach, uh, primarily with the ICC, because we are officially their druids. Mm-hmm. And our blood, sweat, and tears are in their foundations. The Irish Cultural <laughs> Center <laughs> of Phoenix. Phoenix. Yes, yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, that's it's fine. A, it's a beautiful location. It yes. is. And if you ever come visit Phoenix or mm-hmm. out of town friends, um, that is a place you need to go because it's like an actual castle yes. from the outside. It's a tiny actual castle, but it's an actual but it's, castle. It's an actual castle and so many other buildings on the ground. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the attitude has always... Since I started participating there, the attitude has always been it's like we're Irish first and then you're insert your county second and then it's well what's your religion? And it's are you Protestant, Catholic, or Druid? Right. All three of those are valid options. <laughs> it's, it's it's wonderful. Um but like for example, um we hold we are part of their big winter solstice event. And mm-hmm. it's primarily their event and we're part of the entertainment, but it's really fun. Um we also do volunteer things like we try to help out in mass at their St. Patty's Day mm-hmm. event so members of the ICC can have time off and participate. Because, well, as Druids, we really don't care that much about St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> but we're there to help our, our brethren, because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of our public rituals are held at the ICC. So it is, yeah. it is our home, too. Also at the ICC, we hold classes open to the public for varying prices. Um, such as, you know, the Indo-European language family tree, um, classes on Breed, who is the patron goddess of our grove, um, the Battle of Klontoff, um, the Olam, and how it was used for divination back then and today. Mm-hmm. So we also take what we've learned and we try to pass it on to the public because druids in the past were the learned class and the teachers. That was mm-hmm. one of their many functions. And so that's another way as reconstructionists, we try to carry on that function of like, pass on the knowledge of not only gaining and collecting the knowledge, but keep it alive and pass it down. Right. We'll be right back with Millennial Pagan Podcast. And we are back from break. Of course, we still have uh, Miss Izzy here with us. And I know one of the things that we, we wanted to go into was kind of uh, what you what you learned uh, being part of the Grove so far. Well, academically, one of the cool things that we've learned is that unlike what the writers namely Julius Caesar and Tacitus would have us believe um, the Germanic and Celtic tribes were pretty much kissing cousins. They were very, very similar and not as distinct as Julius Caesar and Tacitus 
wanted them to be. Mm. And that's mainly because, unfortunately, when your written sources are from the Romans, you have to remember, first and foremost, why were they writing this? And kind of read between the lines. It's like looking at the monks. It's like, why were they writing it? How were they writing it? Who were they writing it for? You have to break it down and, like, read underneath the underneath. Mm-hmm. Right. And so... um. They were pretty much, because for the Romans, everything has to be neat and tidy and very pigeonholed. They were pretty much, like, deriving any distinction they could to say, this is Cherusci, and this is a different tribe, and we must pigeonhole everybody into neat little packages to keep them distinct so we can keep them straight. Because they were really, really bad about actually recognizing people. (laughs) Like, there's actually stories about the battle, not... Church All you Germans look the same. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> oh, God. It, oh, it pissed me off that I cannot remember this battle. Um, it was the second battle, not Turterberg, but Arminius. This is a battle where he is fighting his actual brother. He's able to leave the battlefield by smearing blood on his face and hightailing it out there. He literally... These are people that he knows that he he knew... Like, either his own brother or people like he had fought with before and knew him, mm-hmm. or very much knew of him. And they didn't recognize him because, smear some blood in your face, you can leave. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, it, the Romans were really bad <laughs> about, like, like recognizing the distinctions. So, they had to create those distinctions to keep everybody straight. And they were also, because status and divisions mattered so much to them, they impose their world view on everything they saw mm-hmm. which is why like when julius caesar is writing about the druids for example he talks about them practicing augury so the study of birds flight and mm-hmm. using that as divination well that's a roman practice what does that necessarily mean for the druids because for example we have Boudica doing augury but with a rabbit that's like one of the, like the only times you really hear about them doing something with an animal, like mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. trying to predict the course of the battle with a rabbit or a hare. And Boudica was very much into Roman culture before her husband was murdered and yeah, her children and, were raped. Yeah, and she was. By s- there's some speculation was she female Druidess or not? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, or was she at least taught by one? Because, again, we, like, for example, we, uh, in our last class, we dived into who could become a Druid, who were the Druids teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, there was also, you could be crazy. You didn't just, like, start out saying, I'm going to become a Druid. It's like, okay, you basically earn the title of Druid by how much of the law you have memorized. Mm-hmm. But you can start out as, like, a bard and become a, it, it's a later term. Phila, they had a different term earlier on, the Ovates, mm-hmm. and then Druids. So you could raise up in in the ranks. And so could it have been possible that Boudicca as a woman of status, could she have been taught and maybe not necessarily a Druidess, but because she was taught, she was then conferred that title by someone else looking from the outside at her because, well, that's the only way we can explain a well-educated woman. Is we must make her this because that's how we understand it from a Roman perspective. But she also could have been having a druid as an advisor or an ovate as an advisor. Not, have, not an ovate as an yeah. advisor, but yeah, a druid as an advisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
yeah so there's you know that that that's one of the things that i looked at was that yeah no there's actually the distinction of like who's germanic and who's celtic it was pretty much of everyone on this side of the rhine is this and everybody on this side of the rhine is that and it's like you bastard <laughs> and of course this is a couple of uh, years before arminius then kicks your ass then you have to recognize the rhine as a as a division point wow. right i'm like, really fond of him I, I wish he gets more I, I really wish the nazis hadn't like bastardized him and i also wish they would fix his goddamn statue so it's pointing the right direction it's not supposed to be pointing at france it's supposed to be pointing at italy someone turn him around please turn him around so he's facing his actual enemy um the man deserves you know some rehabilitation please i'm not biased i swear and not just <laughs> Because of who played him in Barbarians Rising. Ooh, which I love and hate that show. I'm really bad at... That's one thing I've, I've learned about myself as part of The Grove is because my original degree was in medieval women's spirituality, mm -hmm. specifically in England, and now I'm like really delving into a period of history that's brand new to me that um, I've gotten even worse about... Yelling at the TV screen when they get things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like that with criminology. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's something you, you you have to get your frustrations out That's somehow. Yeah, right? I can't watch like fictitious mm -hmm. crime shows like Law and Order or something. And yeah. I I watch um, even documentaries. I'm like that mm -hmm. shouldn't be done. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, I'm getting around. I can't even watch like paranormal like ghost hunting shows. So I'm just like. If you refer to witches one more time, I'm going to come through this TV screen. I'm going to show you what a real pentacle can do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is basically if it's uh, basically you're just going to balance your chakras. It's not going to do much of anything. And it's definitely not going to hex you because we don't actually do that. Yeah. You're talking about a different kind of witch. And people of that path don't call themselves witches. They call themselves something else. Get it right, please. <laughs> I was gonna say it's just like me looking at movies with stunt, you know, bad stunt teams in them. Oh, I, oh, I can't even imagine. We were oh. watching a Robin Hood show um, on Netflix, and it seemed good. Like they were actually trying to base it off the books, but the stunts were. I was mm. like, I'm seeing this punch come from a mile away. No, yeah. stop! Or she's already been cut there once. Can we? Mm -hmm. can we at least use yeah. little blood to indicate where you're supposed to be hitting her with the fake sword yeah. um though actually in, in some aspects the uh the really enjoyable but not necessarily accurate tv shows are, are great because for example vikings mm -hmm. able to talk to people who are really really into vikings and then when they find out who and what i am they start asking questions because now they can like well i like you know, Lakatha or Lagertha, however you want to pronounce her name, and mm -hmm. I like, you know, Ragnar, and I like Floki, you're like them. It's like, yes, yes, I am. And so you can, like, start talking, you can start that conversation and then point out to them, for example, of, like, you know all these people actually existed, just not in the way the show presents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, they're all actually from the sagas, so you can actually go and read their actual stories if you want. These are actual saga heroes. Mm-hmm. You can go find them and learn things. Go, go educate yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been great. It's like, I can do something productive because I know a lot of people aren't going to pick up these shows. And it's like, where can I, you know, fix what's wrong in my own knowledge base? Where it's like, I went into Barbarians Rising because it's like, there are so many barbarians that I actually don't know about. 
like um Variethis in in Spain. It's like I don't actually know much about him. He's one of the barbarians that like was completely forgot my history. So when I realized he was gonna be in there, I'm like <gasps> Yay <laughs> More knowledge. I know it's like and you guys are actually talking about Richard. Nice. <laughs> I, I get I get way too excited. And my father's daughter and I love the Military history. <laughs> it's like, weirdly enough, anything to do with the church or the armies. Like, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'll listen to it. I know. <laughs> Sounds like me with <laughs> crime. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. So, um, what are some of the texts that you've had to read that are your favorites and why? <laughs> I know and why. <laughs> um, you're asking me to choose, basically, among my children. Yes. What's your favorite kid? <laughs> <laughs> the okay. blonde one or the ginger? I just want to know now. <laughs> Go um, ahead. I know which one to sacrifice later. But, oh, it's fine. Uh, I, I tried to go through all my books when I was moving using the Marie Kondo method, and I could only get rid of five. And, and technically, I haven't gotten rid of them yet. I've just moved them to the top of the to-read list so I know if I can get rid of them or not. Because I have to read all my books at least once before I can get rid of them. Of course. Um, then why do um, you have them in the beginning? And because I like holding books. I get them for cheap and then I'm like, I, I will eventually read you, but I must. I also have a bunch of books I saved oh, from right. other places. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You've seen like my random like saved from the CSU library books that mm-hmm. I forwarded. Um, uh, my favorites, my favorites. Um, weirdly enough, there was one book that okay a fun i a fun way of putting this it was a two-parter it was the images of norse women and Mm -hmm. then the follow-up to it of women in norse society written Mm -hmm. by jocelyn jenkins okay yes and those two books for me are kind of like they were like the ben shapiro of norse research and that they are conservative and and pretty out outdated and kind of hypocritical, but they expanded my mind in a way of how, because she's kind of a traditionalist academic of where is she outdated, where is she wrong, and where are there kernels of truth that I can still apply. Mm-hmm. Like she challenged me and she infuriated me and she bored me. And I actually learned a lot about, especially in the second book, about women in the society at the time. I don't agree with her analysis, for example, for her saying that the Valkyries never existed and that they were basically the pinups of their time. So just a glorified imagination of the dream women while they the men were out raiding. No, I... I no, we, we have historical records of women standing up and fighting in times of great crisis. They may not have done it every day, but women were perfectly capable of doing it and, in fact, were expected to hold down the fort and keep things going back at the ranch, quote-unquote. Yeah. That's the reason why the men were able to leave on these great raiding parties. Viking culture existed because their backbone were these incredibly strong women. It's like, your argument that women weren't valued is null and void because... They would not be able to do anything without... You keep coming back to, like, and the women did this, and women labor did this, and women, women, women. It's like, do you not see that everything was built on women? And it's also, 
like as reconstructionist we get kind of annoyed that they didn't write down what was common sense to them so like when they write and then there was a wedding they don't go through and write down the details of the wedding because at the time they knew what was going to happen you know what the oafs were and what did the bride wear and mm. what was the bride price and what was what did they eat at the feast but it's like they didn't know in 2019 it's like we need those details Write them down. Write them down, please. We need those details. No, why would we write those details? It's like, this yeah. person got married to this person, yeah. and we ate food. I know. But what about, like, what it's food? Like, it's like, yeah, this person got married to this person, and it was a hell of a party, and let's tell you about all the shenanigans that happened. Yeah. You know, like, that's what they care about. Um, so, like, you know, with, with her, it was, it was very, very frustrating. It's like, did you not critically analyze your own sources? But that's why I appreciated her so much was because now I have, it gave me the opening to like formulate my own argument against that so that when I encounter that in a field, I can now come at it because as an academic who's also a pagan, it's very hard to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Like I was in a goddess religions class in college and the entire time me and another pagan friend, we kept it secret that we were pagans because the professor did, made it very clear she hated neo-pagans hated them she hated us because you know like oh they're all fluffy and you know like basically that we believe and make believe and fairy tales and that's why she hated us that we weren't serious that we didn't actually look at the sources we were her two favorite students that semester and i it hope was you blew her mind your oh. last day oh we did we did <laughs> okay, and of course because she was also retiring that year when we came out and sorry came out and told her <laughs> that we were pagan it was like well, since I'm retiring, do you, do you two want first dibs on all my shit? So I got, like, really cool, like, recreations of goddess figurines from, like, all the caves in Europe and stuff. Oh, wow. And books and just amazing resources. It was a really great, like, I was able to blow her mind Yay. in that moment. And it was like, okay, now we can leave on a respectful term. Shout out to Carol Mitchell if you ever hear this. I, I still love you and your purple hair. <laughs> I wish I had that positive of a um, yeah. interaction with a religions professor myself. Yeah. I had a, um, I went and took a um, social justice and religions course, mm -hmm. and I wish I was this smart then, because then I would have done my paper on like Starhawk and T Thorn Coil oh. instead of just ending my end paper being on Wicca in general. Because mm -hmm. when I sat down, she was like, "Well." I have two critiques. So this was in Georgia. You don't need to start your discussion on Wicca about disclaiming um, Satanism. And I'm like, this is Georgia. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I don't want to get burnt. So yes, I do. And then the second thing that she said was that two um, actual religious academics, all neo-pagans or goddess-worshipping pagans, um, are just looking for a mother figure, and when they found her, they will return to the Abrahamics. The next year, I got stuck on an elevator with her, and she asked me to come to a Women in Religions con uh, conference with her. And um, I looked at her and was like, you insulted the shit out of me. No, and fuck you. Bye. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you didn't know when you said that, that my mother passed away when I was three years old. And you pretty much just told me that I picked my religion based upon something that occurred to me when I was a baby. I had a great mother figure growing up. Thanks. No, you're you suck. <laughs> mm -hmm. By the way, how about you think about how your words can hurt? And I've known plenty of Wiccans who have great relationships with their mothers. And it's yeah. like, 
where, where do you get off? So yeah. now I look back on it going, I wish I was this smart then because yeah. then I would have done a different paper and I would have taken her up on it and like shamed her <laughs> if she said anything <laughs> like that or if yeah. anybody said anything like that because then now I can pose those beautiful arguments. But back then I was naive yeah. and adorable. Yeah, now Carol Mitchell was really enlightening because I did my paper on Hera and the evolution of Hera. And mm-hmm. so looking... I had to trace Hera like all the way back to her earliest sources to prove mm-hmm. like how she evolved from possibly the pinnacle goddess of the original Hellenic tribes to then what did she become and why. And it was really fascinating because now it's, it's partially why I have such a weird relationship with Athena because I love and I hate her for what she did to Medusa. And I'm really terrified if Medusa ever shows up in my life because I don't know what it would mean. Probably great things. But terrible. <laughs> I learned yeah. yesterday that um, Pegasus came from Medusa's hair. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I thought it- her hair, or also just her bloody stump, her mm-hmm. blood. Yeah, I've heard that version too. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, it's like the last great thing that she. Gave. Medusa's like so tragic, and in a way, also Athena is so tragic because of where she also started and what she ended up, and mm-hmm. like that that self loathing. It's like if you really want to look at. To internalize patriarchy and misogyny, Athena's your girl. So it's like we have a love hate relationship with each other. Um, yeah, she once attacked me with a book. Like I was walking in the basement of the library, mm-hmm. and the in the basement the shelves went all the way up into the ceiling and embedded in the ceiling. And I'm walking through the math section, and a book falls off the very top shelf and hit me on the head. Ooh. And I could not recreate how that would happen at all no matter how hard i tried like i got all my friends to help me with it we couldn't redo it but furthermore this book should not have been in the math section should have been in a completely different wing in the english section Hmm. but it was a biography of athena (laughs) and it's like i don't want to follow you it's kind of like when anubis came up and talked to me at a witch's ball i'm like i'm not sure i want it's like the moldy god and odin are sitting right over there and i worship them but you're the one that came up and talked to me I'm not going to look gift horse in the mouth. You clearly have a message for me, but it's also like, how connected are we? Because <laughs> you're a weird one to follow, and um, there's a lot of dead things. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just don't want to smell death. <laughs> I know. In circle, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I know. It's like I don't know how I feel about you, and specifically, I don't know how I feel about your culture. So, um, can I cherry pick you? Because that feels a little disrespectful. Please and thank you. <laughs> but yeah. Sometimes cherry picking happens. I know. I'm 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 giving myself permission to just let it be. Mm-hmm. Just just go with it. It'll be okay. Just just don't walk under any any shelves again. <laughs> it's so hard though. I'm surprised you don't have a concussion didn't have a concussion from that book. Oh I probably did. Oh, I, let's be fair. <laughs> I probably oh, did. But um but no, getting back to the original question, I would say yeah, my favorite those are those two books come to mind as, as mm-hmm. probably my favorite, mm-hmm. but in general, I like the books that that challenge me and break me out of my possible echo chamber because mm-hmm. while unverified gnosis is valid and and really great and strengthening and and can be validating when you share that with people, um we don't want to get into the twenty one lessons of Merlin fever dream levels. Mm. sometimes it's good to have these to go toe to toe with the academics and and test your metal and go can. Can I cite the current research against you? Right. And actually show where you're still valuable and recognize how far we've come in research. Mm-hmm. Glean what I still can from you 
and and then prove you wrong. Mm. Well, he, what I hear a lot from frustrated witches who are tired of the witchy books is mm-hmm. then now you're it's time to go to the academic sources. So it's just it's nice to see that they're they're throwing in the academic sources along with throwing mm. in the witchy books oh, yeah. for even what they're considering their newbies. It's like, I know the academic sources are, they are dry as a box of crackers. And yes, yes, sometimes it really helps to be drunk. Mm-hmm. Just to, to go through it and give yourself permission to to skip things. We are not in school and there is not a test. Right. So you can skim. <laughs> give yourself permission to skim. If That is the key advice I would give to anybody out there who is jumping it into it for the first time. Especially if you're not from an academic background in history or English. Give yourself permission to skim. It's okay. There's no test at the end. One of my favorite <laughs> books to read is actual anthropology or socio- social um, anthropology and, so- and sociology <laughs> textbooks on sociologists and anthropologists going in and doing research on Wicca and neo-paganism. Ooh. I picked up one of them. Um, before I read uh, Drawing Down the Moon mm. and then uh, Drawing Down the Moon read very similarly to a, a sociology textbook because she was a sociologist so it's not that surprising and now I have another one sitting on my um, on my wall and it's just amusing to watch somebody from the outside or just a newbie that is coming in and is an academic and utilizing what their new resources mm-hmm. and their take on what they're seeing and experiencing. Cause most, for the most part, every one of them that I've read so far is like, I started this off as like a casual observer and was going to do the observer no effecty. And then I got kind of pulled in and it's like, on my first ritual, I was like, no, no, I'm just an observer. I'm writing this book. No, get up. You're yeah. part of the ritual now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That- <laughs> We don't um, do observers well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the uh, the one atheist who is doing the Hail Satan documentary. Mm-hmm. It's like the closest she's ever, she admits, the closest she's ever come to religion is now Satanism. Oh. And it, there is, oh God, who, oh, I'm trying to think of the best interview that was really succinct that talked about it. Um, I think it was actually on Reason TV. Some of his stuff is weird. Again, I like people who challenge me. Hence why, like, I tried to power through Ben Shapiro's voice. Oh, God, his voice. Oh, <laughs> you think my voice is annoying? <laughs> his voice is headache-inducing. I admit it. Even when he's not driving you up the wall mad with, do you realize you just contradicted yourself more often than you, you know, stopped for breath? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyways. But it was Reason TV did an interview with her, and it was fascinating, her take on it, especially because I didn't realize that she was an atheist. And so it's like an atheist doing this really awesome documentary on them and how I've always kind of had a soft spot for the Satanists and what they're doing with Mm -hmm. the freedom of religion movement Mm -hmm. and how they're going about it. And so it's like, well, now I really want to find this documentary and watch it. And also just some of the things she says are, are very interesting. If you can... If you have the inclination, I highly recommend that interview. It was a, a twenty minutes well spent. Ah, yeah, I like hearing that. <laughs> twenty minutes well spent instead of I need that back in my life. Mm-hmm. No, no, it was it was it was brilliant. I almost wish it was a little bit longer because my ride my bike ride to work is forty five minutes. I'm like, 
I'm a little short and I, I now there's awkward silence while I wait for the next stoplight so I can pull up the next video on my YouTube playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sad monkeys. Yes. <laughs> so for uh, anybody who, who's in the Phoenix area or anybody who's looking for uh, to, to get into Druidry, <laughs> what's something that you would recommend that, that they start off with? Kind of like a, like a good stepping stone, either to get into, get into a group like, like the Grove <laughs> Or something in their area. Well, coming up on the Saturday, June twenty second, at the Irish Cultural Center, we are tag teaming with uh, Pagan Pride to do a joint summer solstice ritual. Because we didn't have an idea of what to do for a ritual, we were kind of floundering for ideas. But uh, we had the spot, and it's like, well, Laura and Ben probably have an idea, and they typically do their rituals outside and in Phoenix outside in june not fun so it's like hey hey we got the spot you guys got the plan <laughs> let's hook up <laughs> bring the plan <laughs> I know. bring the plan we got the space in the ac let's do it yes. so we're doing a uh, open ritual it is free to the public it is potluck style everyone is welcome it is a cash and card bar uh there um the only two rules don't be a dick no outside alcohol that's pretty much it. Um, we are planning activities for the kids, so it is family friendly. Um, we don't know what yet. Michelle is pulling up things with pool noodles. I'm intrigued, so <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Um, well, last year it was a it was a water fight. Oh no, yeah. last year um, Lugnasa was water fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, for Beltana, we uh, got the kids to make masks and be our animals to drive through our bon in between our two bonfires our two tiki torches nice. um so that was really fun because that we had like dragons and and such adorable as, as our herd of animals that we were blessing it was really Aww. so yeah um so open rituals coming up in june please everyone mm -hmm. join us and i would say for anyone who's interested in um if you're in the area or even just in your own areas, like if they offer, you know, the, the, the classes or, you know, their their public events, just show up and start start talking to them because that, that's how I did it. I, I just started kind of by happenstance found the, the places they were like it started at the book talk. Sarah was like, oh, by the way, there's also another meetup you should go to, the Northern Meetup. And at there, I met Mark and Michelle. And then it was like, oh, yeah, no, the Grove is still totally active. We were just taking our site down to revamp it. Show up to our classes. I did. Now look where I am. You got kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> willingly. Um, it was it was pretty much of, I think I want to join. And then it was like, she's our probationary member. It's like, <laughs> I willingly, yes, yes. That's kind of how it happened. It's like, I think I just pledged my intention. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Um. So maybe put a bit more thought into it than I did. But um, yeah, if you're sure, like, just show up to the events and get to know them. And don't be afraid to declare your intent and uh, see if your crazy meshes with their crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's a hell of a ride. Yep. <laughs> That's pegging groups is, does your crazy mesh with their crazy? And it, yeah. don't be afraid of the first coven or group you meet. Oh, yeah. Doesn't mesh. You don't have to stick with it. You can just say, oh, you yeah. know... This isn't what I'm looking for. Do you know of anything that mm -hmm. is what I'm looking for? Because guess what? They probably already know 
and are hoping that you'll find it out, but being there for you anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if they're worth their salt, they will help build you up because the point is we want our communities to thrive. Yes. Um, if how they act to that question, you know, puts you on guard, well, that tells you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, trust the toxic communities exist all across this nation. Yes. I've been in lots of states. I speak from experience. <laughs> And they existed even in Japan, so don't worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Liz, for coming. Um, we will probably ask you back. Ooh. Yes, test you some more. <laughs> so, we have some Patreon supporters. We have to thank Jara. Yes, I got I got pinged on my on my phone about those. Ping. I got the pings. So we want to thank Liz Morningstar and Brittany. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support and just your your generosity. And we hope that we're putting out the content that you guys enjoy. Yes. And both of you are $5 Patreon supporters. So you will very soon be receiving your sticker and your button in the mail with the thank you note. And of course, the awesome mini Yes, we do have some awesome mini-sodes, which is one of the major reasons why you want to be a Patreon supporter if you are not one yet. Yes. We do crazy, funny stuff, me and Jarrah just BSing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now, if you haven't seen on our Facebook, Twitter, or if you didn't hear on our last Patreon episode, next month for June, we will not be putting out two full-length episodes. Why? Because we're both going camping. Yes. Yay. Jared's uh, going too. I'm actually going for my first time ever to California Witch Camp. Woo. Uh, so I, I'm definitely, I, I kind of want to put this out there. If anybody has any any questions that they would want to ask mm-hmm. uh, for when I come back, like experience wise, what I think, because I'm actually really interested in seeing what is going to be brought up because we actually just had like our logistics meeting mm-hmm. for going and I kind of came to the realization it's going to be a very dark and heavy camp yeah. because Hecate. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hi. Yeah. yeah and, and, <laughs> and for people who know me or, or who, who don't really know me too well, there's a lot from my past that i I, i've been really holding on to and i'm kind of wondering what is going to be brought up oh hi (laughs) y'all pain so and and one of the big things and i i I just want to put this out there as well if if you guys can just uh give me a little bit of support um one of the things i never really dealt with was the passing of my father and i think that's one of the big things that i'm gonna need a lot of help and a lot of support with um i mean it happened it happened a long time ago. It was 2010 when he passed, but I still don't feel like I've grieved. So I think this is actually going to be the uh, the camp, the moment that's going to bring me over the edge. So, I mean, if you guys have any words of encouragement, words of words of wisdom, or if you guys just want to ask me about what came up and how I'm dealing with it, I'm I'm going to open myself up when I come back from camp to answer those questions sweet yeah yep i'm uh going to a less 
possibly heavy camp, I'm going to be going to the Pagan Perspective of Arizona's Midsummer Gathering. So that's going to actually be up in Prescott. And um, I'm kind of excited. I haven't gone to a Pagan um, camp for Sabbath since October of 2014, where the warmest it got that whole weekend was 19 degrees. And if you're a listener, (laughs) you've heard that story before. So (laughs) it was freezing um yeah so i'm thinking it's not going to be freezing in june in prescott arizona but you never know we Mm -hmm. might get a brand it's been unusually cool for us please keep it up Uh, apparently Mm -hmm. there was there was snow at the grand canyon today yeah so Mm -hmm. it's flagstaff still has snow it's the end of may mother nature thank you for the cool weather but what's going on Persephone does not want to leave. Apparently, she had a bad argument with Demeter before she went back home. Or maybe she and Hades finally got on that therapy thing. <gasps> oh, they got therapy. <laughs> I joke, but I know my friends in Atlanta are stifling, so I think they got our heat and we're getting some nice reprieve mm-hmm. from like Colorado or something. I'm taking it. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm taking it. I'm not complaining. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Yes. Because soon it will be hell here. Yeah. yeah. I'm like preaching to the choir. <laughs> so I ride a bicycle in it. I'm so Bring sorry, it. Dear. Oh, no, no. I, I did it last summer, and that was my first real summer in Arizona. And I did it willingly of just bike to work. And I'm like, let's do it i've already proven my medal once biking four miles a day to work nice i can do it (laughs) i believe in you i know so if uh you have any questions comments or concerns about us going to camp please feel free to let us know on our facebook or uh pay a ticket patreon or twitter um you can find us pretty much anywhere with millennial pagan podcast jara how do people get a hold of you if they want to be uh, uh and talk about yeah yeah of course uh on twitter uh jara stone mm-hmm. and uh my instagram uh haggard underscore haggard underscore cosplay if you guys want to see some awesome pictures from my uh, of my cosplays from this past weekend uh at phoenix van fusion definitely take a look there um but yeah, if you guys just just want to contact me that way, or go ahead and contact us through the uh, uh, through the emails mm-hmm. as well. What's the email for that? Millennialpaganpod at gmail dot com. There you go. And of course, our Instagram, which is run by me, is millennialpaganpod um, or millennialpaganpodcast. I think it's you'll find us. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Mm-hmm. Type that part in. And uh, we're also on Facebook, Twitter about it yep all right and do you want people to find you you can say no i mean if you guys really want to you can figure out how to spell my last name it's isadora bridget rose all one word mcgee guess how to spell it hint 13th century scotland i'm pretty much only on facebook and i'm not super active but uh, i mean if you really want to you can poke me there and uh Invite me to historical tangents. At one point, I wanted to be a teacher. I love squirreling about history, so you give me a nice. topic, I will entertain you, I promise. <laughs> entertain you. I can make history fun. Ask me about gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, 
from all of us here at Millennial Pagan Podcast. Merry meet. Merry part. And And merry meet meet again. again.